Today's podcast is brought to you by Audible. Get a free audiobook download and 30-day free trial at www.audibletrial.com slash cultural stew. Over 180,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player. Welcome to the Cultural Stew Podcast, coming to you from the Goat Factory Media Entertainment Studios. Warning, we use adult language, and there may be spoilers ahead. Hello and welcome to episode 39 for the week of June 28th, 2019. I am your host, Ron Erkins Jr., and I'm here with my co-host... Valerie Vidmar. The ever-fabulous Valerie Vidmar. How are you doing? I'm doing well. I mean, it's been a crazy week. But Summer is here. It is. And it came in to our area with a vengeance. It, uh, we went from like 60s and 70s right up to uh, near 90s really quick. Yeah. <laughs> we went to a friend's house yesterday, and so... Harper was kind of, or Zoe was asking, like, you know, where did you get your little pool thing? And it's actually a dog bath. They just used, they just ordered a huge dog bath and then they fill it up, like, and uh, they play in it. Hmm. It works instead of having the plastic shallow thing. Well, we went, the Walmart has like one that's like this deep. How deep is that? Three feet? It's like, uh, no, it's probably like a foot and a half. Oh, okay. And it's really thick plastic, and we got that for the dogs because it, as I sat there and like crinkled it back and forth, it doesn't seem like they can puncture it, and so far they haven't. And that was that's been our problem with the old ones is they jump in it and they break them within like a day. Yeah, we had a fantastic one that was really kind of quite large that we put on our deck, and Jason, of course, rigged it down with all this, you know, heavy like the chains and everything so it wouldn't blow away and they were going to fill it up and I don't think the girls like got into God even got into it because uh, the raccoons did <clears throat> and that was it so we had it for one day and that was that was it yeah. damn raccoons anyway but I hope everybody's keeping cool and if I, I was shocked when I moved here from that there was no public pool I mean I was looking for public pools yeah the pools around here are basically part of like wise and fitness clubs. So. This is why you become friends or move in next to people that have pools. So we, that's what we did <laughs> without really knowing. But anyway, well, we got some news to talk about. We got a couple new trailers, uh, reach into our queue and review off our recommendation list and reach into our grab bag, see what's new, what's interesting, what's coming out. Um, look uh, at some more of our recs and then talk about our radar and a queue. But uh, first up, what's new in the media world? Well, what came up to me first <laughs> was that Paul Rudd is going to be in the next Ghostbusters. Will you be able to see him? Will he be a small little Ant-Man? I don't know. I'm assuming he'll be. I mean, I think he would be a good addition. I don't know who the rest of them are. I wonder, is Rudd going to be... The kid of one of the original Ghostbusters or something like that. He would have to be the kid of, um, give me his name. Oh my gosh. 
Dan Aykroyd? No, the one that passed away. Oh. We're jerks. This is very accomplished. Ivan Reitman? No. A very accomplished person. And we don't know his name. Anyway, the uh, I would say that he's funny. He's pretty quick off the cuff. So I think he and hopefully Bill Murray. I don't know. Um, I would have to see if uh, that's all I read. And then he announced himself that he was doing it on Twitter. <laughs> um, but the others, it would, oh, yeah, I'm sorry. It would be Ramus. It would be Harold Ramus. That would not be in it. So he could be the son of him. Um, but I don't know as far as how funny it could be. It has to be funnier, more funny, funnier than, I'm sorry, the girl version. Why? I don't know. Sometimes I'm just like sick of them messing with good stuff. It was good stuff before. Quit. Quit it. Make up some new content. That's my feel. I have to say, um, Chris Hemsworth was funny in that, though. Was he? Yeah. Okay. Thor. I know. I know. Thor. Because you're expecting him to be this tough, gruff guy, and he's the uh, nice little softy. <laughs> that was a good... And that kind of, I think, branched out for him for his comedic chops to go into the way they approached Thor Ragnarok. is like, hey, he can actually be an interestingly funny guy. So. There are people that surprise us in many different ways, going up and down, which I will talk about later. Up and down. Meaning they go up in the career later in life or they go down in the career later in life. And I'm going to talk about that soon because of a movie I watched sort of it was like your first round of Tully um and then I'll let you I'll let you actually hit the second one uh the second one I didn't even know about until you posted something about it (laughs) that's okay um (laughs) Henry Cavill um also known as Superman or um the bad guy opposite uh Tom Cruise in Mission Impossible Fallout and many other roles um, is going to be Sherlock Holmes, um, but he'll be doing it in a movie called Anola Holmes, or based on Anola Holmes, who is supposedly the youngest sister of Sherlock and Mycroft. Very and interesting. That's going to be played by Millie Bobby Brown, which she's talented. So this will be interesting. So I think it's going to be more of a focus on her. And I think Henry Cavill will be more in the background Mm -hmm. piece of that. Um, What I found interesting is that they're producing that movie, but Sherlock Holmes 3 has already been given the green light and is already scheduled for release on December of 2021. Um, And that that one's going to have the continue with Robert Downey Jr. and Jude Law in it, directed by Guy Ritchie. Um, So the fact that, both of those are coming out and there's still the possibility that we may get another season of Sherlock with Benedict Cumberbatch and in it, uh, I mean, that's an outside chance, but he's been so busy that they've been struggling to try to, to top off that. Right. Sherlock is still in, you know, there's something still 
Arthur Conan Boyle just did a good job of creating somebody who has, well, outlasting potential. I mean, as far as, I mean, as far as I'm concerned, I know a lot of people disagree, but James Bond can still be in. Well, James Bond went out for me for a while. I'm really concerned about the next James Bond. I'm sorry, but I am. I just really like Daniel Craig. And his well, inter- the next James Bond is still Daniel Craig. You know what I mean. After Daniel Craig, I'm. I think there's enough good actors out there. I hope so. That they'll pick somebody. It's more of who's going to take the helm of directing for me, and who's going to take some writing. I mean, writing, directing. I think, but they're also switching around stuff in lots of other movies too, which we'll discuss in the new trailers. What else we got here? Um, oh God. Okay, so I'm reporting on this and I'm going to talk about this a little bit later as far as the fact that Murder Mystery on Netflix, you can tell the way I announced that, which in Franston, Adam Sandler broke the uh, bird box uh, chart on uh, Netflix. Bird Box had been like the number one. Oh my gosh. It broke records. And then Murder Mystery came out. And it did too. Um, of course, um, When They See Us also did quite well. But there are some things that are worth that and then some things that aren't. But, you know, people are going to watch what they're going to watch, which is fine. So that's really all I had as far as news. Yeah, Murder Mystery being the latest Adam Sandler Netflix contracted movie. Mm-hmm. I think he has like eight movies in his contract. He signed one for four and then he signed another contract for four in 2017. But hey, they're on there and people keep watching them. So. Mm-hmm. Maybe because the only reason I watched tried to watch this one was because of Jennifer Aniston I do believe Jennifer Aniston has great comedic timing I do I think she was she just really she does and she has uh, even though she's this um, you know everybody like goddess material whatever I don't know I see her still as down home and she's not overly gorgeous and she's not she's just herself I mean she does Novena ads I never really got strong into friends it kind of annoyed me and I basically avoid anything that has anybody from friends in it really Jennifer Aniston is not bad and I will talk about some of her films later but Courtney Cox um was she was she actually I was talking to Zoe about it and I showed her the video. Was she placed in that Dancing in the Dark video? Or is it true that he actually, that Bruce Springsteen pulled her up on stage and that's how she became famous? You can look it up. You can watch the clip. But that is the rumor is that she was dancing in the crowd and he saw her, points at her. It has to be. It had to be something that, whatever. He pulled her up on stage and that's how she became. But, you know, she is... I find her flat. I never found her funny. And I've never seen her in a good movie. And if you have, 
comment on it and let me know what it is. Yeah. Let me just slam people in the morning. I don't mean to. I'm saying good things about some people. <laughs> uh, what do we got? New trailers. Been a week, week in trailers. Um, but some good movies, I think. And some, not so. Yeah. I, we don't know. Let's we, talk about the one that know. I don't think looks good. Charlie's Angels. Charlie's Angels, which has... Uh, it has Kirsten Stewart. Kirsten? Kristen. Kristen. Kirst- Stewart. Kirsten? Kirsten. Kirsten. I don't know. <laughs> Stuart, the Who one is, from Twilight. And we should know her name. She's actually doing, you know. Yeah, it's just, it's one of those, like, the odd placement of the I and the R. Like, she's not Kirsten. But I have friends that are Kirsten and I have friends that are Kristen. She's and, Kirsten. Um, anyways, she's in it. Um, the lead from uh, the recent Aladdin, I think, is in it. Mm-hmm. I think I saw her in it. Um, it's directed by Elizabeth Banks. Who wrote who it? Who is also in it. She wrote it and she's also, um, uh, bad. Baisley? Balsley? Balsley? We really watch these movies. No, I, I really, I never got into Charlie's Angels. I mean, I thought the show was horrible and then the Uma Thurman, um, one wasn't, Lucy, Lucy Liu. It was version Lucy Liu. wasn't great. Um. But yeah, so Elizabeth that's the one that, is in it. That's the one that uh, Drew Barrymore decided she was going to come out with, and she um, she brought that back out, actually. And also, um, what's his name is in this? Professor X. Yeah. Uh, you're talking to the wrong lady. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. Jean-Luc Picard. <laughs> Everything oh, but James his name. Stewart. Or not James J- Stewart. Stewart. James Stewart. <laughs> no, Patrick Stewart. <laughs> wow. <laughs> not Jimmy Stewart. Yeah, I am really out there. When you I look have... up, you'll see. <laughs> I know. Can you can, can you believe that? <laughs> that would be Jimmy Stewart in a Charlie's Angels movie. That would give it a totally different feel. It would be Naomi Scott, Elizabeth Banks, Louis, Gide- Louis Mendez. I'm just going to say that. Um... It's really weird how the trailer was because they seemed like they kept hiding one of the other actresses. Mm -hmm. So I don't know if she got replaced or something because they kept going to the wider shots and you'd see the three of them Mm -hmm. and it was a different three. There was a really, really tall, she looked like a Russian. So it's basically like the TV show because they did it, they kind of did like a switch there too because. um, But like the, the trailer focused mainly on. Kirsten, yeah, which is um, good. And the other girl, I can't remember her name, and the one from Aladdin. But every occasionally it would cut back and you'd see this really, really tall lady that was like head and shoulders above the rest of them. Naomi Scott. And they Scott. never, no, that wasn't Naomi Scott. That was somebody else. Okay. She looked like a, the one of the Russian um, uh, people. I was saying Naomi Scott's the one from Aladdin. Oh, yeah. Okay. But, um, yeah, so it's almost like they used the trailer to hide that there was another person in the film, but they never did a close-up shot of her, so I have no clue the heck who it was. Elizabeth Banks just decided she wanted to do something, so she wrote this and directed this and is in it, and we'll see how she does. I'm not a huge Elizabeth Banks fan, so... She's great in um, 
I think she was in the Christopher Guest's stuff. Was she? I think she was. Her and Parker Posey. I don't remember Elizabeth Banks being in. I remember Parker Posey. I wanted to name my daughter Parker after Parker Posey, although I already have a, what would you call him? He's a second cousin named Parker. And people thought it was strange that we had somebody in the family already named Parker. But I wanted to name Parker Posey. I mean, after Parker Posey, who is, I love Parker Posey. She was in Wet Hot American Summer. Yay. That's great. Anyway, let's move on from this garbage. Maybe it's great. Maybe it's fun. Maybe we don't really know what we're talking about. And it it comes out and it's wonderful. Let's hope for Elizabeth Banks. Um, Yeah, for her. And then uh, the current war. Now, I saw the two leading men and I thought I'm surprised Kendra didn't bring this up a little bit more because we have Kendra's my niece and I talk about her a little bit too much she's like she moved in not a little bit too much but she's been on the show and she loves Tom Holland and Benedict Benedict Cumberbatch and they are in the current war which looks really good I will say um We're posting up, we're going to be posting all these trailers on. Um, So check them out and see whether you think they look like something you would want to partake in. Midway has a a lot of people in it. It's another, it's a Pearl Harbor movie. Um, I thought that the trailer, I thought the trailer looked good. It made me want to go. It made me want to Buy seats early, actually. Um, It has, am I going to say Ed Skirin? Is that right? Skirin? Skirin. Sure. Okay. Patrick Wilson, Luke Evans, Aaron Eckhart, who I haven't seen in a while, but maybe I'm not watching the right movies. uh, Nick Jonas, Mandy Moore, Dennis Quaid, Woody Harrelson. It said, and Mandy Moore, and Dennis Quaid, and... Woody Harrelson. Do you know what I'm saying? When they do the and for the people that are like, they deserve the and. Or with. Hmm. Do you know what I'm saying? Many more deserves an and. I think that she deserves an and, they think, because of the this is us thing. The this is us crowd. Which she does a good job in. Hmm. I mean, I... I enjoy that show because it makes me cry, which Jason would think is like emotional cutting. But some people do that. It's fine. Watching that show. Unless it's the and is because their cameo part is like 30 seconds long. Oh, yeah. And oh, oh, and. (laughs) Well, in the trailer, Mandy Moore is about mm, five seconds. Um, But that's okay. Dennis Quaid probably makes that serious turn to the camera. We've been watching some Dennis Quaid movies. The older Dennis Quaid movies. Uh Uh-huh. Dennis Quaid. Inner Space. We watched Inner Space, um, which Martin Short is fantastic in. It's a funny movie. And uh, that's an oldie, but a goodie, so you can just dig that up. And then uh, The Rookie, 
We watched The Rookie, which is still a family movie. Great movie. And I've been trying to introduce Zoe into the people that we tried. Um, I have I have to say one thing about The Rookie. I, I scored a complete, like, yeah, I, like you make those connections. Of, like you see somebody and you're like, oh, yeah, there was this person in that. Well, I do that all the time. And my wife either sometimes she's like in awe of it and sometimes she's just wants to slap me upside the head and say shut up uh-huh. um <laughs> watching sneaky pete and this like boat guy kid that works on the thing came on and i'm just like man he looks familiar i'm like oh it's the kid from the rookie <laughs> I- and she's like what are you talking about? I'm like, it's the kid for the rookie. I haven't seen him in anything else except for the rookie. That's amazing. <laughs> I have a hard time with. I can't remember all the names, but I can usually make connections as to what they were in. Like for instance, being able to watch Jeremy Maguire and think that is the kid from stand by me. No, I just, was like there's no possible way but it is which kid what do you mean which kid um the not, bo- not the little boy not in stand by me the no 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 um koosh the football player cuba yeah no my god in stand by me you just said jerry Maguire. I know. Okay. Okay. I'm just going to just help people out here. Stand by me. It is something that came out in 1986. Oh, it, it's, uh, and it, what's his name from sliders? Is he in sliders? Yeah. I'm talking about Jerry O'Connell. Yeah. Jerry O'Connell. He's in sliders. Well, I had not seen Jerry O'Connell since stand by me. And it was shocking. To me, yeah. Do you look? Do you, it was kind of. I, mean, I didn't even notice that he. Has I kind of forgot Jerry O'Connell was even in Jerry Maguire. Then you just like it's said cringe. that. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. Quarterback wasn't he or something? Yeah. I was just. I've seen Jerry Maguire once. I've seen Jerry Maguire a few times, only because that was like one of the ones that I. What else you got on, on the trailers? App. There. We got one more trailers. I do. Did you talk about that one? I moved it. Okay. I moved it down to li- until later because uh, the current war. I don't have that. Oh, yeah, I just talked. I ton. I talked about. Sorry, I don't. Okay, I don't mean to call him Hun. I call everyone Hun, and that's just the way it is. I talked about that first. I talked about actually second. I talked about it Quite out of order. Quickly. Yeah. So, yes, I said the current war, and I said I'd had all the trailers up, and people can take a look. And um, remember, because I talked about Tom Holland and Bennett Cumberbatch, I know you don't like coffee, but maybe... No. Okay. <laughs> anyway, do you want to go straight into our Q&A review? Yeah, let's go into our Q&A review. Okay. Why don't you go first? Why don't you go first? <laughs> Can you tell that it's morning time <laughs> and I am getting completely thrown out under the bus? Okay. Nobody's getting thrown out of the bus. There is no bus. They're on uh, vacation. <laughs> They're on vacation. Uh, okay. Um, so, yeah, it's been catching up to movie and stuff week. Uh, not very 
much stuff going on. Um, I did get out to see Toy Story 4 with the family. Good for you, because I did not. <laughs> um, if you're not familiar with the Toy Story at all, um, go back and do some video research and watch 1, 2, and 3. And get yourself familiarized with the characters, Buzz and Woody. Um, as that's the what we've been doing. How's that's, that? That's what we've been doing, so that's why we haven't gone. Take it. So, um, yeah, it basically continues off um, with a, a little flashback into uh, Woody and Buzz and the gang um, saying goodbye to Bo Peep as Bo Peep is given away. Spoiler. I guess, right? There are no. We told you there's spoilers in the beginning. I know, never mind. Sorry. <laughs> God, I'm sorry. I get whacked out about it. Go ahead. And uh, so the rest of it basically deals with um, the little girl uh, going off to kindergarten mm. and making a new friend, literally. Mm. You see this in the trailer making a new friend, Forky. Mm. And Forky constantly thinks he's trash, and so he keeps going to try to throw himself back into the trash because he's made out of trash. And Woody is basically tasked himself with taking care of Woody and making sure that he uh, stays out of the trash and becomes... Taking care care of Forky. Taking care of Forky and making sure he he is the little girl's... uh, Because Bonnie wrote her name on the the sticks, and so she's Bonnie's toy, and he needs to make sure that Bonnie has that. And so it's kind of Woody's like last stand as feeling relevant is to make sure that he protects Bonnie's little creation. That's and so they sweet. go on a wood tri- uh, road trip and it's just you constantly get this the Woody and Forky back and forth thing. Who plays little, Forky? Uh, Forky's played by David Hale from Arrested Development. Okay. Um, and he plays it perfectly. I mean, the, the goofiness that ensues with him. Um, so yeah, they go on a road trip. Uh, Forky, you see it in the trailer as well. He gets flown. He jumps out the back of the, the camper van and then it's Woody trying to get Forky back so that Bonnie has it. And then they end up in a town where a, um, carnival is happening and an old, uh, not an auction, antique, house and when they hit the antiques he discovers that that's where Bo Peep and uh, in a a roundabout way that's where Bo Peep ended up was in this town in this antique area and we meet a couple new characters we have Gabby Gabby that's played by Christina Hendricks Um, and she's got a creepy ensemble that follows her around through the antique store and Gabby Gabby creeped me out because I've always hated those little dolls that have the like the eyelids that flip up mm-hmm. as you move them. I had them. Um, and Gabby Gabby's whole mode. Gabby Gabby. Gabby Gabby. Did somebody name her that? Or is that no, her she's name? the toy. The toy Gabby Gabby. Oh, jeez. You know, the, the like the 50s, 60s doll? There, you, well, as there, soon is as there you somebody see Gabby it, Gabby? Is that the real name? It's probably something close to that. Maybe it's Abby Abby. I don't know. Or Gabby Abby. Um, but as soon as you see the doll, you're like, oh, yeah, I've seen those before. It, I mean, it's a typical standard, like, 50s, 60s sure. doll that have the eyelids that flip open and the fake little smile. And Yeah. Um, we like to know her that. Her ensemble is a bunch of, like, 
howdy doody ventriloquist dolls type things that are creepy as hell. Um, so we meet them. And then we have the the bunny and the duck, and the bunny and the duck, bunny and the chick, played by Keenan and Pell. Um, and then Bo Peep is played by Annie Potts. And you got mm-hmm. your regular crew. And so it just basically follows like the whole like them trying to get Forky back, Forky becoming a little bit more sentient and realizing he isn't trash. He is actually worth something to Bonnie. And so he kind of makes the illusion that, oh, I'm Bonnie's trash and she needs me. And then he doing everything he can to get back to Bonnie and he ends up getting trapped in the antique store and heart to heart with Gabby. And you learn a lot about Woody and Bo's relationship. But mm. so the overall story. It's, it's a, interesting that you have not mentioned one of the points that actually I was was at soccer. One of my soccer mom friends, <laughs> sorry, brought up. Is there a point where Bo Peep is trying to get some stuff done? So she takes off her skirt. And what does she have underneath it? Do you have any recollection of this? She has bloomers. Like bloomer pants? She has pants. The whole thing is, see, women see it as she takes off her skirt and she has pants. Well, the the whole thing with Bo Peep throughout this whole thing is how she went from being this doll lamp thing to she basically broke out in her independence. So she was, she got away from the antique store and was her own independent. So she was something she that was, was surviving. Like, that was like kind of looked upon in the background. Then she comes up to the front. She rips off, you know, she, she wears pants and she's helping out the guys get, you know, get stuff done. This is how. Women well, I think get, she, it was more of a statement of point of to Woody. It's like, she's been independent for X many years. She doesn't need somebody else leading the charge. Mm. And she got more frustrated with Woody's, Woody ended up screwing up things more. I feel than like fixing this things. is real, a little political here, but yeah, you're like, yeah, shut up. But um, I, I feel like um, they needed to have like this little strong male character, female character coming in, and and I think also that whole I haven't seen this movie, but that um, Forky relationship sounds. Very endearing, actually. That actually makes me want to see the movie. Yeah, the Forky thing is interesting. It's kind of sweet. Um, But, so, as Toy Story 4, as a movie, as a story, um, I think it it does well for the, the Toy Story universe. And I also think, at the same point, I think it's the perfect closing for the series. I don't think there should be anything further. I think it finishes on a good note. Good. Um, it gives us a little bit of closure with um, one of the main characters and then moving forward after that. Um, is Andy a part of it at all? He Andy is in it, but more of the flashback at the beginning. Okay. Um, as well as Andy's sister. Um, but they kind of touch about things that were like from the other movies as well. Um, But above everything is to look at how far Pixar, the animation company has come 
their level of detail in the animation is insane. Um, they have a cat that they animated and there is a you can barely tell the difference if it was a real cat or if it was a CGI cat. Um, and there's a couple great videos online that kind of go through the animation process of how far we've come in digital animation and how there was a wall and then that wall needed to be broken down and, and fixed and then they can move on. And the way the animators, um, and there's a certain term, I'm going to screw this up. And I know Jeff Macbeth, who's listening, um, will probably be screaming at me or Hmm. Eric Sagan. One of the two, um, there's a term for it. And they basically, they take on one of those walls and they master, they'd fix that problem and master it. And then they'd move on to the next one and they'd build on to that. And so for example, like Toy Story 1 was just about, okay, the major wall is making a full length movie. All right. And then you have things like, uh, Monsters Inc. dealt with individual moving hair. Okay. They Mm -hmm. moved past that and that enabled them to do something like brave. You have the water from finding Nemo and that enabled them to do something like Moana and, they all just kept building on each other. You have the metals and shiny objects from cars, um, series that all built on each other. You have the human characters from each of the toy story films eventually enable them to make incredibles. Um, and how they all kept building on each other and building on each other to the point where you look at how it all paid off in something like toy story four, where you have the, the look of Bo Peep and her shininess and how she looks like that porcelain doll and her lighting is perfect. Mm -hmm. You have the cats and the hair that look fantastically. And then you have little things like the people, the people, this is the first time that you're like looking at the people and you're not like, well, they kind of look weird there. You just, you're used to it now. Yeah. Um, but it's fantastic to see how the animators have just like, you know, what has it been? 20. So that was 1994. So 25 years, 1995. So, but I mean, they started working on it in like 1989, 2009 or 1990 area. How they approached everything to get themselves to the point where, you know, anything that's animation wise, you know, it, it may have taken them 200 hours to create a piece of waving hair 10 years ago. Right. But now they can do it in a half an hour and have it fully rendered. And, you know, it's just stuff that like that that's impressive to me. And I think we kind of take it for granted as to what the, you know, everybody's like, oh, well, there's another CGI movie. Oh, there's another animated movie. Um, I'm somebody who loved cell animation. I loved the classic cell animation because of the, each piece is hand-drawn. But mm-hmm. you can't dismiss 3D animation. It's not all done through computer. Yeah, the characters are designed through that, but they're still individually animated. You know, there's still hours and hours of work that goes into these. It's just animation on a different level and artists doing it on a different level. And I think Toy Story 4 is a beautiful appreciation of everything that's gone into Pixar. And Well, that's a very raving review. Yeah, I, I just think it's it's a beautiful film. 
And I say that with a caveat that before this showed, they showed Onward trailer. And again, I'm just like completely disappointed in the level of art that I see in Onward. Mm-hmm. That either we're looking at a a trailer that is so early rendering, which it doesn't make sense, or they that it's a choice that they chose to use that poor of animation, which also doesn't make sense. But then you look at Toy Story 4 and you're like, this is just amazingly beautiful and they did everything right. Like you have like the carnival stuff when they get to the carnival and you see all these bright lights of, of the carnival. It makes you feel like, you know, if somebody took really artsy film work at a carnival, but it's all computer animated. There's not anything in this movie that's done through film. It's all done through a computer. Is Onward done through a computer? Everything, yeah. yeah. Hmm. It's done by Pixar as well. So it's it's Pixar's next film for next year. And it's just, it's really odd to me how drastically different the two art styles are. Maybe I'll look into it, see why. So, But you are yeah. somebody that looks like, I mean, you are... I highly, I highly to recommend Toy Story 4 if you've liked any of the Toy Story films. And then if you want a real kicker, like, like I said, go on YouTube, look at some of the breakthroughs, and look at how far we've come from Toy Story 1 to Toy Story 4. You look at the difference between like a simple thing like, uh, who was the neighbor, the kid, uh, his dog. Mm-hmm. You know, the level of, detail on the dog on that it looks like eight bit eight bit animation compared to the level of detail on this cat you know it's it's so amazingly different and when you see them side by side and you look at like little things like how did each of these characters look in 1994 or 95 and how they look now the only reason i know this because that's yeah so a, a year that was very important in our family um. Okay, so we're going to go on to another beautiful movie, but not as happy. <laughs> um, you say not as sappy? Not as happy. Oh. <laughs> You're like, not as sappy. I'm well, like... it's not sappy either. Okay, so um, when they see us on Netflix. Okay, so that was a strange noise. Um. What do I say about this? This is a four-part miniseries on Netflix, and each part is about four. It's about one hour. So you're looking at, yeah, just about four hours, fifteen minutes or so, about um, what they call the Central Park Five. Which I guess if they have to, you know, characterize so people understand what we're talking about, that's fine. Um, it's the series, it's based upon the events of 1989 when a Central Park jogger, I just have to say, a white woman Central Park jogger, she was assaulted um, in a horrible way. She was raped. She was, I, the, the things that they describe happened to this woman and um, the fact that she could barely walk into the courtroom. It's upsetting. But the beginning of the movie shows the the five that we deal with uh, and how these boys end up 
in in Central Park, which was just kind of a fluke, in my opinion. Um, and the, the youngest being 16 years old, um, there, I um, personally hadn't seen any of them in any other show, but maybe you have any of the movies. Um, uh, so the kids the, or the adults? The kids. So we have Asante Black, and he played Captain Richardson. And uh, Khalil Harris played Antron McRae. He did a great. They all did a wonderful job. Ethan Harrisi, Har- I'm sorry, Harris, um, played uh, Yusuf Salam. And Jarrell Jerome played Corey Wise. And Marquis Rodriguez played young Raymond Santana, and we have um, another group of well-known actors. Uh, unfortunately, all the news. I love Felicity Huffman, and for all the news, kind of like tainted my. Maybe it shouldn't. I it was just like ugh. And uh, John Leguizano is in it. Nisi Nash is in it. Um, and then we have. <laughs> Joshua Jackson uh, who's Pacey you know in Dawson's Creek which you can joke but I only watched Dawson's Creek because of I liked him better in Fringe I didn't see him in Fringe I saw like well I just liked the Dawson <clears throat> Creek he and Katie Holmes relationship thing um, and then we have Blair Underwood we have a lot of wonderful actors in this movie portraying the interesting thing is they start this thing out slamming Trump um, I guess back in the day um, he took out Trump uh, I'm sorry President Trump now but he wasn't president then took out a full page ad about how they should be prosecuted and I'll just say that a full page ad when they haven't even gone to trial, but that's okay. Um, and there's then they have the women sitting there watching him talk, speak, and uh, they say um, they call him the devil and the bigot. And you know, the woman's crying, she's saying, He wants to kill my son. And when he's talking, he's talking about, he, he says, um, I would like to be, like I think, a black man. You know, it's like about how um, the opportunities they have, etc. She looks at her friend and says, what's a black? Which I thought was interesting. But um, not, a, not a lot of good stuff about Donald Trump right off the bat. I was just, oh, okay, we're going to start this way. Well, I mean, you've got, you know, the basis of the story is that they were exonerated. Yes. In 2002, and he's yet to give an apology. <laughs> anyway, whatever. So, I mean, um, that's that's a, a big basis in the... Uh, when you see the story of how these kids got into Central Park, what they were doing... Who these children, they're children to me. 
who they were um, as people. Um, They were good kids. And when you see the trial, now I have not done the facts-based thing where, oh, how does the movie deal with the facts, etc. When you see the trial and they have no evidence pointing to them, nothing. And they have a witness who did point somebody out and then uh, Joshua Jackson's character said, is he sitting in this room? And the guy says, no. And the jogger doesn't have any memory, sadly. Uh, Well, actually, not sadly. I'm glad that she doesn't remember. Um, But everything, the only thing is that... uh, the 16-year-old, the youngest one, who doesn't look 16, guys. He looks like he's 12 years old in this movie. His father gets up and says uh, he went into the room. He did go into the room, and he was furious because his son would not say I, that he did it because he was not going to lie. And he freaked out on him and threw a chair and said, lie, because the police were saying, if you just say that you were there, if you say you witnessed it, if you say all this stuff, you know, we'll let you go home is what they were told after they had not been fed. They were roughed up. They were scared to death. And they said whatever they needed to say to get out of there. And the dad said, if my son said he didn't do it, he didn't do it. My son's not a liar. He went on this huge rampage. And then, of course, they say, well, we have on tape that he said he did it. So... What does that mean? And in a way, that kind of caused a huge, like, I, a riff is not even what you would use um, between Anton, I believe it's Anton, and his father, which he didn't, he meant well, it just didn't come out right. So. Um, this movie was music. It was a miniseries. is beautifully done without being... I mean, they do show some pictures in the courtroom. But this is not horribly gruesome. It's it's interesting. The backstory is interesting. Watching the families. I, the acting of these... The courtroom, that's what made me cry. And when they hear the verdict and this little, ugh, this child basically uh, is going through the thoughts and they are all going through the thoughts of how they actually got there and thinking, you know, they didn't really need to be there. And they, it's horribly sad. Finally, the assailant actually comes forward and they get DNA from him. And he was the one, of course, they all served their time. Um, and they had horrible time in, I mean, obviously prison's not a great place to be, but they show a lot of prison's not a great place to be. And it's not a great place to be if you're a kid. And when you know you're innocent and how they struggled in prison, um, how they, um, Corey actually 
has the most difficult experiences and he he decides to go into isolation cells over repeated assaults. But yes, they are exonerated. Um, so I recommend watching this movie. I had heard about this. I kind of knew about it. Watching this movie really... I call it a movie. I'm sorry. A miniseries. Four-part miniseries. Yeah. By Ava. I'm sorry. I Ava did not Duvernay. mention her. The, the, the director's name, Ava Duvernay. I mean, this is her. If I'm correct, her second film. If what I read was Second correct. film on the Central Park Five, I think. Is it? Oh, is that what it meant? I I apologize. Her second Netflix. Well, she just she did a couple. But there's also a you know, um, Oprah Winfrey presents on Netflix. Is I I haven't watched that yet. When they see us now, and she interviews the main cast and the executive producers, and um, and the Exonerated Five. So she does do that. Um, that was released in June. I haven't watched that yet. Um, I imagine she does a wonderful job. Of course, a lot of there's lots of people that she's kind of divisive, I guess, Oprah Winfrey, but I am an Oprah Winfrey lover. I love her. And um, I recommend being educated in this. I just feel like uh, do your do your research, figure out you know how's the movie. You know, are there facts that are wrong? Are there things that you know were things that didn't happen, or you know stuff like that? That's fine, but I um, feel that they tried as hard as they possibly could to make it uh, historically accurate. They just deal with the feelings and the emotions of these kids and uh, and their families. So I recommend it. It's on Netflix now. It came out just a little while ago, um, but it is getting rave reviews. And I have no doubt that these uh, that there are going to be actors, actresses, etc., that are going to be nominated for, I guess, Emmys. Correct or yeah, yeah. Emmys and Golden Globes. The acting is phenomenal. The shots are beautiful. And uh, watch it. I mean, it's not going to be an upper for you, but I definitely feel like educate yourself in this. It was uh, it was a good it was a good education for me. So there you go. All right. Well, let's reach into our grab bag. What's new? Uh, well, in theaters. Um, yesterday came out. Yesterday. Yesterday came out yesterday from when we are actually, uh, doing this podcast. Um, and this is from the director. Or if you go by the trailers, yesterday is also today, but not tomorrow. Correct. Jeez. And I actually, in a previous... In a previous show talk, previous pre- previous show talked about how this show seemed to rip off another show that was on a few years ago, um, which I still 
Lo Siento. Um, it wouldn't be a show. It would not be a show if the phone didn't go off, even though I have everything turned off. The alarm still goes off whether you have it muted or not. It does. Yes. Well, of course it does. Of course it does. I have a new phone, iPhone, and I am a Samsung user, and it is a mystery to me. I need to watch like a three-hour like document thing on YouTube to figure out my phone. Anyway, um, this movie... 61, 61% so far on Rotten Tomatoes. It's John Malik is a struggling singer, songwriter, and English seaside town. And he ends up in a freak bus accident. And there's a mysterious global blackout. And he wakes up to discover that the Beatles never existed. And now he has all the songs and he becomes famous for it. Now I want to interject here. You're probably talking to one of the biggest Beatles fans. So if you can't hear the disgust in her voice of that even happening. um, Yeah. I'm sorry. (laughs) I'm sorry. I, Danny Boyle is the director who ripped off this film. Uh, (laughs) But the the guy who, you know, listens to the soundtracks and loves the music, Ron, says that they do a pretty good job at the soundtrack. I from the little um couple of the YouTube clips that I've I've heard of, there's a live version of is his name Hamish Patel? Mm-hmm. Um singing yesterday. It's phenomenal. I think he he is probably one of the best versions I've heard of yesterday. Um and then it, there's another one that's a cutscene that does some of the earlier Beatles work. Um, I just I think his voice is good. I think I don't know what the movie's going to be like, but I think it's an interesting premise. And you you take one of the biggest cultural influencing icons and you imagine a world of what would be if they weren't there, and only one person remembers. It. You know how much how much of the world would be different, and how much of the the current music world was influenced by the Beatles' music. You know, yeah, it's a sad thing to think about. We don't live in that world, so we don't have to be sad about it. But it <laughs> gives I know you, that. it gives you that that oh that that what if like how how would that happen? And you know, there's the, no- but then you have a character. You know, and I haven't even seen this movie, but you have a character that recognizes how much that meant and how much those songs need to be in that world. And change the world. But um, how is Ed Sheeran part of this show? I think he's like the musical producer or something. Okay. I, I don't know. I don't get that, but that's okay. Um, I He's probably like a, a guy at the record studio or something trying to make him big. Um, I would say... That there's going to be a tons of kids that go to see this movie or they have no desire to see this movie because they don't know who the Beatles are or they barely know who the Beatles are. Um, but I think that it might be interesting, you're right, for their kids that go with their parents and they realize, huh, I know more songs than I thought I did. 
like when I took Kendra to see Paul McCartney, she she went because she knew how much she meant to me. She's like, yeah, I'll enjoy it. But then she just she had no idea. Like, holy cow! Yeah. There are so many more songs than I thought. I mean, thought. we could we could probably spend a nice three hours talking about the Beatles and their influence on like, music. Um, but the interesting thing to me always been about music, and it happens with any artistic thing, is how much it builds upon generations before it. Whether people want yes. to acknowledge that or not, um, you know, every generation is influenced by the generation before it. And you wouldn't have the music you have now without the breakthroughs that the Beatles did. You wouldn't have the stuff that the Beatles did without certain breakthroughs that happened before them. Right. And it just keeps going back and back and back. That's and so true. you have to acknowledge. And when people forget that acknowledgement and dismiss like, oh, the Beatles were very simplistic. They're using the same chords, doing this and this. You look at like how what they released from the beginning of their, it was only 10 years, eight years that they so, were together. Yeah, very um, short amount of time. The difference of their music from the beginning to the end and how much they changed the music scene in just that short of time. I, um, I will say just quickly and oddly and strangely and out of, you know, kind of bizarre that uh, George Harrison's work um, when they came back from doing all of their meditation. So I, I've been taking a mindful meditation class, which has actually been fascinating and learning kind of the things that they were learning and you know the chance and all i can't do the chance because of the breath thing i can't figure out the breath thing but um hum, num, 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 well no they're not hum, like num, num. no but you know there's the little chant they, they have things that they say all these things and you can hear it in their music and it really affected them and i can totally the thing is is that now i'm 44 years old so now it's been 32 years that i have loved these guys and um, I understand some of their music so much more now that they came back. I was like, for a while, I was like, oh, that's cool. It's kind of weird. But now I understand totally. But I think it would be, I don't know. Will I go to see this movie? I don't think it's going to be in theaters long enough for me to see it. I was tempted to go last night and it's just, I've got so much on my plate that I'm like, nah, I wonder why I'm it's PG-13. Well, there's a love story involved, so probably has something to do with that. I have to find that out because... Or when he finds out that Nickelback is like the number one. Shut up. Well, that, that's he probably says shut up, but probably says something a little bit more uh, unparent friendly. But yeah, I mean, because, um, yes, my daughter's nine going on 18, but she has seen some... I mean, Bohemian Rhapsody is her favorite movie and Queen is her Beatles. It's happened quickly. And wow. So it'd be really interesting to, for her to see this movie and react because she knows how much it's meant to me and she's kind of grown up with it. And to see like a young person who is not supposed to be in the movie theater. <laughs> but we'll see. So that is coming out this week. Well, we she kind still of, be in the movie theater. It's just, it's parental guidance suggested for those under 13. Yeah. And... Elton John's movie, I couldn't take her to. Right. So, sorry. That's what's coming out. There's another movie coming out this week. 
you mentioned earlier, and but like I don't know, I don't know the, nothing about it. When I looked up the stuff that was coming out, that was yesterday was the only thing that stuck out to me. Um, and then next week, um, so we're not going to be here next week, so we're going to be skipping a, a week of recording because of um, the yeah. big one coming out next week is Spider Man, so that comes out on Tuesday. Spider Man Far From Home, and and how do you say that? Midsummer. Yeah, that looks crazy. Yeah, it's a creepy, little creepy. That's the other one that the Spider the Spider Man Far From Home looks. When I read it, it looked more interesting. It's because he's dealing with uh, the aftermath of um, the last movie of your. It's the aftermath of. Come on, don't look at me. I know you're looking at me like, oh, what is it? What is it? Do you know what it is? I just wanted to see how far you would go. <laughs> um, Avengers Endgame. Yeah. I had it written down. People, I just yeah. couldn't get to it. So Avengers Endgame and him trying to put some stuff back together. So that'll be, I mean, that would kind of be interesting for those who saw that movie. And I think a lot of people did. So Yeah. I, I'm, I mean, the, what I'm most interested in is, so the Marvel universe was broken up into phases and this would be basically kicking off the next phase mm-hmm. as Endgame closed out the final phase of, you know, all of our previous movies. So hopefully we get a couple of hints as to where the Marvel universe is headed because they haven't released, as I mentioned before, there is no, there's no, there's no movies that are, have set dates and titles coming out, which is the first time in the last 10 years that this has happened. Maybe there. And they're, while well, they're waiting until Spider-Man comes out and then they've got their, um, at Comic-Con is probably when they'll start releasing it. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's, I think there's major hints within Spider-Man Far From Home that actually will tell us like as to what's coming up. So, and, and so. some other big news. Um, Netflix, July 4th. It's been two years since the last Stranger Things, which is mind blowing because I feel like I just watched it. And those kids are growing up fast. They have. And I, you know, I really loved the first season because it was so different. And the second season I liked, I just hope that they hit it out of the park here. I really, really want them to hit it out of the park. And it starts July 4th, which is right in the middle of my vacation. So I'm hoping that there's some major uh, Stranger Things fans going on this trip that we're all not huddled around in this cabin surrounded by beauty watching Stranger Things on a tiny screen. Half a bar. Let's not do that. Reception. I know. Let's not do that. Um, and there were some books. I, I'll, I'll put out a little book list that looked interesting to me that looked cute. Um, but I feel like everyone has so many different types of authors that they love that I will put them out and you can see when they come out because I'm not going to guess what everyone likes right now because no, nothing stuck out to me. Um, my, um, I'm just going to go into, you have no games, correct? No, I don't think there's anything else um, in the grab bag. What about my audible listens? All I can tell you 
is what is in my cue that I'm kind of like listening to. And so Our Little Lies by Sue Watson, Unsolved by James Patterson, and of course, Practicing the Power of Now by Eckhart Tolle, because I have really got into this whole thing because it actually helps me with my, yeah, it helps. It's nice. We should look into it. So Rex or not from our queue, this is going to be short for me. Yeah, I'll I think go it's going to be short, short for both of us. Go ahead. I'll go first. So Murder Mystery on Netflix. This is the one we were talking about earlier that had um, Jennifer Aniston and Adam Sandler. I watched probably 15, 20 minutes of it. I could not go on. So my advice to you is if you love Jennifer Aniston. So this was your Tully? Yeah. This is my, I can, if you want me to force feed it to myself, I will. But I would not compare this movie to Tully and yeah, would not compare the two. Um, if you want to see Jennifer Aniston. Do, I, I wasn't referring to uh, no, no, plot wise. I, I was referring to feeling wise. Yeah. The fact that um, Ron, I made him get through Tully, but he really didn't want to. He, told, he turned it off too. So Jen, the good girl. Um, that's not going to make you feel good, but she does a great job. Marley and me, again, not going to make you feel good, but she does a good job. This movie made me feel like uh, had the breakup not happened, these two would be, that's how they would be. But the breakup, I always find extremely funny, but heart-wrenching and had some really kind of interesting ways of looking at a relationship. Wanderlust, you have to really be, have maybe a glass of something um be in a mood glass of something we can go from milk on the spectrum to like hard whiskey and getting knocked out i am just saying if you sit there with a glass of wine or whatever um this is not for kids but wanderlust is extremely funny and of course office space which got on my nerves but she does a good job i know it's just a time of life thing. Adam Sandler, the Merowitz stories, um, which uh, Ron really liked a lot, right? Which one? Merowitz stories. The yeah, Mer- yeah, the one, yeah. Punch Drunk Love. I pun- thought that was written well. Yeah, Punch Drunk Love came out, and I remember seeing that. That's the one with Drew, right? Yeah, I saw that in Lawrence in my apartment when I had by myself, and I just was like, wow. Um, the Wedding Singer is not my type of movie, but lo- people love it. And Spanglish. Do not look at the reviews for Spanglish. I'm Well, no, I'll just tell you. It got a 38%, but that is the most adorable movie, and it's so well done, and it's great, and it d- deals with so many different things. If you have not seen Spanglish, watch it. There. And... If you want to see Murder Mystery, go ahead, but I wouldn't advise it, even though it broke records. So don't waste your time on Murder Mystery. No, go see go see their good work. Go see good work from those two actors. Okay. Um, my quick recommendation um, is going to be Jessica Jones Season 3. 
Um, I'll probably talk about this a little bit more in depth um, on our next round table. Um, I started it. Um, yeah. So you have to be invested in the previous seasons of Jessica Jones to really understand the the final arc of the show, which is less about Jessica and more about her interaction as fam with family and um, Trish um, and Trish's final evolution um, as one hell of a payoff at the end. Um, was it worth 13 episodes? No. 13? I think it's 13. Was it 13 episodes? 12 episodes? Holy Should have been about 10. Um, but you now I recommend it. I mean, if, if you've invested in the previous two seasons of Jessica Jones or any of the, the Marvel Netflix stuff, I recommend it. Watch it. Um, what did you think about Jessica Jones? What did you think about her? Uh, I, I think her character in season three seems the most vulnerable of any seasons that I've seems, seen her. And it's because of her protection of her sister. I guess, yeah, she seems, she's not the same as in season one. Well, she, she's, season two. Her, her character, you know, her overall character arc in the, the three series has drastically changed. Yeah. I mean, she went from being a person who didn't care and didn't give a shit to understanding who she are, who she is and what she holds and what responsibilities she holds. The first episode and was odd to me. In but. a shorter frame, you have Trish trying to understand what power she now has and trying to fast forward that same track of like, oh, I've got this great power and this great responsibility. I need to do something with it. Mm -hmm. Versus Jessica fighting it until everything around her is basically like, no, you you have this for a reason. And Jessica reluctantly accepting where her path has taken her. Um, yeah, I just watch it. If if you're a fan of Marvel, if you're a fan of Jessica Jones, it's a good closeout to the series, to our Marvel stuff in general that was on Netflix that we will never have again. <laughs> so it may be one of the it may be time for me to like go back and just rewatch everything again over the summer um, as things get slow, just to kind of watch to see how things tie together and whatnot. But yeah, so watch it. Okay, what is in your queue? All right. Look, at, look she's just taking over. I'm sorry. <laughs> she's I'm, just taking over and pushing. I'm sorry. I'm just trying to push it because I know. So what's on your radar and what's on your queue, Valerie? Fine, 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 fine. I was telling you because I'm writing them out as we speak <laughs> because I am. Um, so like, well, oh, what, what are you listening to? Oh, yeah. Well, so... Cheryl Crow has a new album out, but it's not out, it's not out yet. She's released some songs. Gosh, they may their her voice is very different. She has she has like a duet with Johnny Cash, so that's kind of interesting. Uh, like like Natalie Portman. Oh, Natalie Portman. Okay. Oh my god. <laughs> oh my god. What is my wrong? Um, Natalie Cole. Yeah, with her father. Yeah. That is just horrible. And it, then, it, was it on the Vox Lux soundtrack? Shut up. <laughs> I hated Vox Lux. Okay, moving on. Uh, the Bruce Springsteen, I think we're going to be listening to. Uh, we're headed on into the Adirondacks for the week. I'm very excited. 
Um, and then I, there were some indies that, uh, I really liked, but they're really horribly sad. So be right up my, uh, friend Ryan's alley. He likes horribly sad music. Um, Spider-Man. I wouldn't mind seeing Spider-Man. Well, I understand it. I'm not quite sure. I probably will go see Toy Story 4 because we have been, you know, getting Harper ready. Um, so that's there. And then, of course, I'm going to be doing Stranger Things. But I'm just going to be honest, people, that's about all I can fit in if I fit in that much. And then I'll do my audio listens and maybe I'll become like like really zen when I'm And maybe zen. we'll get something special with Dewey and... Yeah, I'm hoping for that. That's Dewey, Dustin. It could be a really interesting show. I told them all the different types of uh, things we could possibly do. I think you'll think they're funny. So it's a possible uh, little add-in for next week. Um, So, yeah, listening, um, I've been catching up on the Hadestown musical um, as they've been releasing it in chunks. Mm-hmm. Um so you have your, I've, I think I mentioned it last time you did. about the chunks. Um, listening to Jack Reacher still, book eight. I've got a long way wow. to go. How many are there? Like 20 something. Wow. Yeah. It's going to be taking me the next 20 months to You are really invested. Yeah. Do you like it it's that much where you just really want to get it to the next one? I like listening to evolutions of characters, you know, like where they, they center a book around a character and then they continue that character throughout many books. Unsolved is like the sequel to a book. Yeah, but I only have one credit a month, so I'm only. Oh, I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm higher than you are. I don't buy more than one, so it's like I get that one and I use it. And right now that gives me 20 months more of something to listen to. Um, so on my radar, we got Spider-Man coming up. I already got my tickets for that. Um, on my long distance radar, I didn't mention this earlier, but Lion King tickets are available. So Lion King later in this month. Um, and they just released a, that was the other trailer that came out this week was a one of, um, them singing, can you feel the love tonight? I'll have to look at it. Um, it sounded like John Legend, but I don't know. No, it was Donald Glover and, um, Beyonce singing it but th- those are the characters and it actually sounds really good so good um in my queue is still good omens and sabrina now that jessica jones is out of the way and pretty much everything else is out of the way i probably get one if not two of those done since we're sabrina's now it's kind of fun it's um, kind of a fun little show but now stranger things is in next week so i know the girls will want to watch that so that'll probably take over your precedence <laughs> over the other two um which is okay um so we can talk about Stranger Things when we get back. Um, so, yeah, that's it. We'll probably have a, um, I'm hoping, I'm hoping, I'm hoping, fingers crossed. And I'm, I've been promising you this for two weeks that we'll have a kid's corner and we may have two to put out. So um, we'll have a kid's corner, which you might find adorable or annoying. We'll find out. All right. Well. As always, you can find us at culturalstew.net, at culturalstew.net on Twitter, and culturalstew on Facebook. You can swing on over to culturalstew.net and check out all of our individual social media stuff, uh, find out where we are and what we're up to um, via Instagram or whatever we got on Facebook. 
Um, hit us up. Let us know how we're doing, what you like, what you hate, what you're into, what you want to hear more of, what you want to hear less of, or if you just want to rant and rave. I also put up on, on, on I think, the Facebook Cultural Stew page. Uh, you may have sent me the article, but um, the best way to listen to actually our show um, if you have different types of phones, because yeah. they, I mean, they're played differently in all different types of, but if you want to see chapters and you want to be able to see. Yeah. That, and so how on. we kind of design our show and you might not realize it is we actually um, go through and we put chapters and everything. So if there's something that we are talking about, you don't want to hear anything about, you can actually skip right over that. So if like, you know, I'm talking about Toy Story 4 and you want to know nothing about it but you want to hear what's next after that, you can just kind of skip. Skip. Um, but to do that, you have to you know, have chapter support. Um, and we put a lot of our stuff down in our notes as well. So you can kind of look down in the notes. And every, like she said, every uh, podcast app is a little bit different. Um, there's some that support everything. Like Overcast is one of my favorites. Um, and there's a couple. There's one for Apple that is made for Apple. Right. That's well, yeah, the, the podcast app on. Yeah, Apple. it has to be the podcast app. Um, but their I, note support isn't great. So you kind of you kind of win out, you lose out. Um, but again, my high my my personal recommendation is Overcast. If you're on on Apple, it supports all the cool stuff of ours. It you know links are clickable. You can clink right out of clink clink click right out into whatever you want. Um, you can skip the chapters. Um, and for your other favorite podcasts as well. Right. And easily subscribable. But hey, we're trying to do the best we can here. We want to do something fun uh, and keep it going for you. Um, as you notice, we've mixed up our music a little bit. Um, <laughs> um, we have, a, we have a limited library to choose from um, just because we just don't have the, the major funds of being able to go out and reach into a bigger library. However, if you're a musician and you want to share something with us and you want it to be played um, and give us send your permission it. to, send it, you know. Or I might reach out to you. a great way to, uh, to get yourself noticed there. All right. Well, I think that wraps up. We'll see you in two weeks. Happy Independence Day. Yeah. Go watch something blow up, America. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> On a yeah. year flag. What, what better way to... to <laughs> watch something blow up. Go watch something that's, blow up. That's not what he means. Uh, yeah, I think he's talking about fireworks, but whatever. Um, listen to that starting at 6 a.m. for all you parents or midnight the night before because everybody's gone out and bought some crap and you hear it all day long. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, anyway. But right. we love it. Boom. <laughs> Bye-bye. See our show notes for details on what the outgoing song is and who it is by. And also, as always, if you have a piece of music that you'd like us to play or consider playing, please contact us today.
Like what you've heard? Want to continue to hear more? Please consider Patreon. What is Patreon, you ask? Patreon is a content creator support site, a way for people to support the things they love and allow creators to continue creating the content that they love. Please consider heading over to patreon.com slash gfmedia and becoming a Patreon supporter today.